We are here for the eighth episode of the Huddle Hive Buzz as we are going to do a recap of NFL Week 12, a preview of NFL Week 13, and then talk about how we pick games uh, when we look at some of the rematches that are coming up in Week 13. So we'll just start it off with a quick recap of Week 12. Brandon, how'd you do this past week? I thought I was going to do a lot worse than I did. Um, I played Thanksgiving slate, three-game slate, and my regular Sunday slate. So my entry fees for this week were $433, total winnings $382.40, with a net profit of negative $50.60. So um, not obviously I want to make a profit every week, but in a week where it was low scoring again and the chalk picks kind of failed, uh, was not uh, unhappy to only lose $50 this week. How did you do, Steve? I did actually pretty horrible. Um, I did well Thursday. Uh, I went. I had a total entry fees of $262, total winnings of $141, and a negative profit of $120. On Thursday, I had a positive profit of $56, and then, I mean, Sunday, just everything flamed out for me. One of the things that saved me, well, the, the one thing that saved me on Thanksgiving, I did three lineups. Two of them did not perform well at all. I, I used uh, Tony Romo in one lineup, and obviously with him getting hurt and facing the Panthers' defense, uh, that lineup didn't go anywhere. I used Aaron Rodgers, and with the Bears beating Green Bay, that lineup didn't go anywhere. I had one lineup um, that did well on DraftKings. It was the Stafford-Calvin Johnson stack, which was pretty highly owned. Stafford in the single-entry GPP that I uh, cashed on, Stafford was 35.7% owned. Yeah. Calvin Johnson was 81.8% owned. Um, but even with those two guys so heavily owned, um, my, my other players were able to – Generate a lineup, 161.08 points. Yeah, you, finished you, 40. You played Tate in that one as well, right? I did. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. See, and I think yeah. that. So I played Tate also. Tate was 39.5%. Yeah. And obviously, those ownership percentages are going to be super high on a three game slate. So, um, yeah, Stafford, Johnson, and Tate paid off. My other players in that lineup were McFadden, who didn't do that great, Murray, who was horrible. Cobb hit 2x value. Uh, Olsen hit 2x value. Zach Miller was only 2,900. He scored nine points, so he hit 3x value. And the Panthers' D was probably the best play. They were only 3,600 yeah. and scored 2,100. So they went over five to six times value. So uh, it was a single-entry GPP, $27. Um, finished 41st out of 845, which was good for $100. So... Yeah, not bad. That kind of saved my Thursday. I think overall my profit on Thursday was about $16. Okay. What saved my Sunday from being a disaster was a, a GBP lineup um, that – let me just make sure I have the right one. Yeah, so um, stayed away from Hoyer, Hopkins, and GPP just because they were going to be so highly owned. Uh, my GBP lineup – was centered around an Eli Manning, Odell Beckham stack. Mm -hmm. So that paid off. I also had Yeldon, who underperformed. Spencer Ware did really well. Fitzgerald did okay. Uh, Decker had a touchdown. 
Delaney Walker, Santos from the Chiefs, and then the Chiefs defense. So that lineup only scored 128.14 points, but in a low-scoring week in the GBPs that I did, um, biggest cash was $125 in a $50 single-entry GBP. Finished 296th out of 2247. So without that lineup, uh, my weekend would have been a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had uh, an absolute horrible Sunday. I think it's actually my worst Sunday ever. Uh, and it's uh, for a lot of the same reasons. I mean, I had uh, a lot of the cash guys just didn't perform where they where they should have. Uh, I mean, I had a lot of Hopkins. I had some Hoyer. Uh, I had uh, Roethlisberger a little bit, which ended up being a good play. Uh, a lot of Mariota. Um, but I think, I mean, it, it just came down to, you know, you go into each week, you pick games to focus on, and based off that, you create your pool of players, and I just, basically, I just picked my games wrong, and uh, I just picked very, very badly this week, and I think Hopkins was by far, I mean, for his price uh, and his matchup, you know, I even thought, okay, well, you know, if they don't go to Hopkins, they're going to go to Washington. Washington did, did okay, but really Cecil Shorts was the play, and Alfred Blue was the play for the Texans, not um, not Hopkins, who who everyone was really high on this week. Uh, and I mean the yeah. Jags, the Jags underperformed quite a bit. Uh, the 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 Chargers performed fairly well, which was surprising. Uh, Cincinnati looked pretty good. Uh, the Colts looked fantastic. So. A lot of in Seattle just threw the hell out of the ball, and I mean, so there's these certain plays where you know it's always you look back in hindsight and it's like, well, actually the Seattle receivers, I I should have played them or I could have played them. I know that that uh, the Steelers secondary is a mess, so that makes sense. But then again, you know, you think back too, uh, if you're playing, if you look at Seattle, you're like, who the hell is Wilson going to throw the ball to? You never know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, the Hopkins was the chalk play this week. They're playing the worst pass defense in the league. They're at home. Hoyer can throw the ball downfield, and it just didn't work out. I mean, there's really no, yeah, there's no answer to that. I mean, you can you can you can hedge your lineups by doing multiple lineups with Hopkins, without Hopkins. I mean, I think that's where players that can play a little bit more volume than we can play have yeah. a slight advantage because they can get exposure. Uh, to more lineups, but we kind of just have to go with our gut and try to make informed decisions. And I mean, Hopkins was a play. I mean, probably nine times out of 10, you would play Hopkins against New Orleans. And the one time that they played, he sucked. I mean, there's really nothing you can do about it. Yeah. No, agreed. I mean, it happens, you know, it's just, I mean, I did, I did just based off ownership percentage. um, Yeah. Definitely stayed away from Hopkins in GPP just because. Yeah. Contrarian and and it, it, it I guess it kind of worked out for me. My my receivers um, in my Fanduel GPP that won on Sunday were Beckham, Fitzgerald, and Decker, which all had you know semi decent games. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean it's I mean Yeldon was a good play. He didn't play well at all. Yeah. So there's always going to be good plays out there that don't play well. There's always going to be bad plays that play well. It's just it's uh, even though DFS is is skill based. There's yeah. still a little bit of luck involved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, it's and that's the thing, you know. It's, you make the right plays, but um, sometimes they just don't meet what you think they're going to meet. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about uh, using previous data. You know, we talk about DFS, game of skill, and data and the importance of data. And uh, one piece of information now that we have, now that it's late in the season, is repeat matchups. So this week there are eight games. Did I tell you eight or six? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Seven or eight uh, games that are repeat matchups of teams that have already played each other uh, earlier this season. So we've got Atlanta at Tampa Bay, where Tampa Bay won 23-20. to 20. Green Bay at D- Detroit, where Detroit won 18-16. to 16. Cincinnati at Cleveland, where Cincinnati won 31-10. to 10. Jacksonville at Tennessee, where Jacksonville won 19-13. Carolina at New Orleans, 27-22 to 22 Carolina. And Arizona at St. Louis, 24-22 St. Louis was the winner that time. So how much of this information are you going to use to help select games and also select players? And how, how reliable do you think that can be? I think it's good to look at, and I'm sure there's probably people that have crunched numbers because these division matchups happen repeatedly every year, and they can probably see if the scores are higher in the second matchup, the scores are lower. I don't know what that data looks like to just off the top of my head. I think the scoring could be a little bit lower in the second game just because the teams are familiar with each other. There's more tape. They've already played each other once. Um I think it's definitely good to, like, I'll look at the previous data. I think there's some games, though, where the previous data might not matter that much. Like, look at Cincinnati, Cleveland. Like, uh, McCown's out for the year, so McCown won't be playing. Looks like Johnny Manziel will still be second string. Um, The name of the first string quarterback that played last night, or will be first string, escapes me. What was his name? Uh, Austin Davis, I think. Yeah, something like that. Or. We're definitely NFL experts, Steve. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, he's he didn't play the first time around, and he's going to be playing the second time around. So I think in, in a case like that, you kind of have to throw out the uh, the numbers. But I'll, I'll definitely look at the, at, the, at the results from the first go-around. I don't know how heavily I will base my decisions off of those stats. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I'm going to look at them, and I'm going to see where they target. I mean, I always look at targets for those games to see who's getting the ball the most in, in the previous meeting and whether or not they were successful. And, I mean, I did that for the Green Bay-Chicago uh, game that just happened. I looked at targets, and, I mean, last time it was, I think it was Cobb who had a, a good amount of targets in that game, and Jeffrey. Jeffrey played great against uh, Green Bay the first time, but this time, you know, he's injured, so you're really not sure. So I actually faded Jeffrey uh, on that um, because of his injury. But, you know, I'm looking at the slate of games, these repeat games, and, I mean, Carolina-New Orleans, that 22 to 27-22, to 22, that actually seems a little low to me because Carolina seems like they've really come on, and it looks like New Orleans, at least their defense, have, has really faded. So I think, and the Carolina defense is playing pretty lights out right now, so I think it's going to be a, more of a blowout. Uh, it could be higher on the Carolina side, way lower on the New Orleans side. But then I look at Green Bay-Detroit, where the last time they played was, I think, t- just two weeks ago. So it was after Detroit's bye, and ever since Detroit's bye week happened, 
Detroit's defense has been fantastic. They're really not giving up any yards uh, on the run. I mean, we, we both saw DeMarco Murray be held to 2.6 points or something on DraftKings. And they're, they're playing the pass really well. So last time it was 18-16, Detroit was the winner. Uh, Vegas has it. I mean, we'll talk about the lines in a little bit, but Vegas has the line fairly high. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I know they're inside. They're, in, they're at Detroit, but... I th- I just think Green Bay is screwed up, and I think Detroit's coming yeah. on. So, I mean, to your point, I'll use the data a little bit, but I, I I think there's all these variables still. I mean, the Arizona-St. Louis one is a really good example, too. St. Louis won that game. Uh, they were at St. Louis, I believe, and now they're at, uh, at Arizona. And Arizona looks great, even with, I mean, they're down to, like, what, one and a half running backs at this point? Yeah. So, I mean, and St. Louis doesn't have a quarterback. So that Arizona defense is probably a great play. And, yeah. you know, I wouldn't play anyone on St. Louis, not even Gurley at this point. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, going forward, I mean, we don't have – there's no more buys. This past week was the last week where – it was the first week where there's no buys. So there's no more buys. So – I think that also makes it tricky, and I guess the question for you is, now with the expanded slate of games, are you more likely to do limited slate entries, where it's like just morning and just afternoon, or just Sunday only, or are you going to stick to your strategy of playing you know, a weekend-long lineup and maybe just an early slate? Yeah, so I, it's been a couple of weeks since I've done, well, besides the Thanksgiving slate, it's been a few weeks since I've done like a Sunday early slate. Um, this this week looks a little bit interesting. There are, I believe, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's nine early games, and there's actually four, uh, four o'clock Eastern games, which I think this past weekend there were only two. So I think there is some intriguing matchups in not only the four game afternoon slate but in the nine game early slate also so depending i'll i'll do my roster construction on friday or saturday and if i end up having a lot of players that i'm putting um out there in the one o'clock games then i'll probably turn those into a sunday early slate um but yeah i mean i i do like the three game thanksgiving slate was fun I feel better about doing a four-game slate just to throw some additional variables out there. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I actually, I mean, I've been pretty clear about this. I like the limited slates. Uh, I'm a big fan of them uh, for whatever reason. I know there's there's usually a lot of overlap, and it's usually that one player that you're like, shit, I should have played that player. Uh, and I mean, on, on the Thanksgiving slate for me, it was Cole Beasley. I was like, damn, I wish I would have played Cole Beasley because instead, instead of played, I don't know, some other wide receiver that just didn't score. So I like the limited slates on the, you know, the, I don't play Thursday through Monday. Uh, I think, I mean, if I do, I'd fade all the Thursday players, but I don't like that. Um, and with the with all the teams now playing, I have a hard time because I don't play at large volume. I have a hard time uh, 
deciding on my lineups because uh, I, I like a lot of players and I do a lot of research, but it just it's almost for me I feel like it's sometimes just overwhelming where it's like, oh, I want a little piece of that in this and that and this and this and it just I don't I don't have the budget to say, okay, I want it all. Uh, and, and so I think that's where I think you, you mentioned we're a little bit at a disadvantage if you're not playing at these high volumes. So I think that's where the limited slate can actually help you in that if you just do early morning, it's just like a couple teams are on a bye week. It's nine games. Right. Or right. The, the late, it's only four games or something. Um, so right. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that. And I still like the Monday, uh, Sunday night, Monday night games. Uh, I'm this week I'm doing a little bit of the Monday Thursday games, just to try it out. Uh, but I, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. Where I, I try to limit it based off uh, my own selection process when I'm building my lineups. Yeah, and I think part of it too is you know when you have all these games going at one time, uh, you say you fade the afternoon games because you think the morning games are gonna be the high scoring games and i mean like anything it can really screw you but i think with all the games uh with all the teams playing now i think it can really hurt you more if you make one of those decisions where it's like i'll fade all the afternoon games or i'll fade all the morning games because i think those are going to be the highest scoring so i think that can really push you yeah but if you on the contrary like if you if for some reason the four afternoon games this week end up being horrible Mm-hmm. all low scoring and you play the full Sunday slate with only um, yeah. Sunday morning games that could put you in an advantage too. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I'll, I'll definitely, I think this weekend I'll definitely pro definitely do a Sunday early slate, try to pick players out of those nine games that I think are going to do well. And you get that instant reward by four o'clock Eastern. If you've done well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you there. Yeah, so, I mean, let, let's talk about this upcoming week. Uh, so, out of the, all the games, what are they, 16 games this week total? What, uh, what game, let's say, since there are so many games, what two games would you focus on this week? I want to talk about, before I answer your question, I yep. want to talk about over-unders really quick. Because you brought up a couple of them. Carolina at New Orleans, 49 and a half. That seems ridiculously high to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I don't think I, New Orleans like, is going to score. New Orleans couldn't score. I mean, Houston has a has their defense has stepped it up, but they're playing the probably one of the, the best defenses in the league. I don't I mean the New Orleans office is a complete mess. I don't see how that total I mean that that game could get near that total if it's Carolina forty-two, New Orleans zero. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that seems really high. And then and and you touched on it also. Um, you touched on that line. You touched on the Green Bay at Detroit line forty-six and a half. Way too high. I think that's way too high. Um, what what did you say the score of the first Lions Packers game was? Eighteen to eighteen sixteen. Yeah, so thirty-four points. I mean. I, I don't see it getting near 46 and a half. I'm no expert, but I think that's way too high. Yeah. Um, one of the lines that I did kind of like, or and, and going back to your question about games to focus on, kind of like Denver at San Diego. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Osweiler played great. The Denver running game is playing great. San Diego is still throwing the ball a lot. So mm-hmm. that total is only 43.5, which is kind of on the low side, but kind of like that game for potential shootout. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, I mean, Pittsburgh Indies at 49, but I don't know if Roethlisberger is going to play. Oh, New England and good. Philly is at 49. I don't trust Philly at all. I don't think that line, uh, I think I bet the under on that game. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, without doing a lot of research, I mean, I like Denver, San Diego. Maybe even Jets, Giants. I mean, the Jets defense is is decent, but, you know, they're playing, well, they're both playing in New York because you're from New York, but, yeah. you know, Manning, uh, Manning to Beckham is always an interesting stack, especially if Revis is out again. So, um, yeah, a few possibilities. I know I rambled a little bit. What about you? No, I think I, I think you had some good points there. Uh, for me, uh, I'm looking at the Indianapolis Pittsburgh game. Uh, both of them, based off what Hasselbeck did last week, which was good. If Roethlisberger plays, definitely. Uh, I hope he's okay. You know the whole concussion protocol stuff. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I think Brown is a good play. I think Bryant is a good play. I think Hilton is a good play uh, because uh, Pittsburgh secondary is kind of a mess. Uh, I like the Kansas City-Oakland game, and I like it because – so Oakland can throw, and you can throw on Kansas City now and then. So last week you could. The Bills did it, and Sammy Watkins and Tyrod Taylor had great games – but the week before that, not really. So, I mean, it's kind of hot and cold on their pass defense. But they've been, I mean, statistically for the year, they've been on the, I guess, worst side on pass defense. Like, not so good side. But uh, kind of coming out of their bye, they were they were playing fairly well. So, I like that game. I think it could be a shootout. I, could, I think there could be a lot of throwing. Uh, they are division rivals, so they see each other quite a bit. Uh, th- but this is the first time they've seen each other this year. So, I think that one could be high scoring. Uh, as well. Uh, again, I'm with you. I don't trust Philly at all. I mean, New England could blow them out, but I don't know who the hell New England is going to throw to. I mean, is it going to be Brandon LaFell for like 30 targets this week or what? Uh, I'm really not totally sure there. I kind of like the San Francisco at Chicago game. They're both kind of crappy teams. Uh, San Francisco's defense plays like horribly when they're away from San Francisco. So I could see Jeffrey, Forte, and Langford being good plays there. I think Bennett is going to be out again because he has a knee issue. So Miller could be a great play. Uh, I think tight ends uh, play fairly well against San Francisco. Uh, So, I mean, those are kind of the ones that I'm kind of looking at. The Dallas-Washington game, that could be good. I'm really not sure. Uh, Cousins has been pretty surprising over the past three games. Uh, and Dallas is kind of a mess without Tony Romo again. So, I don't know. Yeah, the uh, the San Francisco-Chicago game is intriguing. So, it's San Francisco going from Pacific time to Central. So, they're going two hours ahead. And then also, Seattle at Minnesota. 1, 1 p.m. Eastern game. Yeah. West Coast going to Central. So, it's not as bad as going to East Coast, but... Um, do you see that line is, I think, the lowest Seattle at Minnesota, 41 and a half. Yeah, I see Do you that. see that potentially as a letdown game for Seattle after that big win over Pittsburgh? Now they go to Minnesota, early game. Yeah, I mean, I, it could be. Seattle needs it to stay in the playoff hunt. Minnesota is first right now in NFC North. 
And so, I mean, both of them want to keep winning. Uh, I think it could definitely be a letdown game for Seattle. And Minnesota, I mean, it, it's tough because, you know, it's run defense versus pass defense. Versus, I mean, who Seattle's offense has been very streaky all year. Minnesota relies on the run, and Seattle's been pretty damn good against the run. I mean, could it be a Kyle Rudolph game? He's been playing really well two games in a row now, and Seattle gets burned yeah. by tight ends. So Teddy Bridgewater likes to throw to it. Apparently now likes to throw to him finally. Uh, so that could be the key to the game there. I, I definitely think it will be low scoring and – you know, you never know. Peterson could rip off one or two big runs. We saw Williams do it last week against Seattle. Uh, and, I mean, Peterson is just as good as D'Angelo Williams. So I think I, I think there's some potential there for Minnesota to win this one. Could it be a potential Stefan Diggs week? <laughs> no, man. I think Diggs is no. not... Not this game. Yeah, it's he's, not kind of, he's kind of falling off the radar. Yeah, he's been having hard matchups. Yeah. You know? Like, really? I mean, Minnesota's played kind of a hard schedule the past couple games. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, where is Atlanta at Tampa Bay? Yeah. I, I can't uh, – I'm sure everyone's in the same boat. Can't figure out Atlanta at all. Dude. Atlanta is in the same boat as the Eagles. I do not trust them at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I mean, I love playing Julio. I love paying up for him, but Yeah. Um I I don't know. I don't know if it's a Matt Ryan issue. I don't know if it's because Freeman's been out. I mean Coleman played really well, went over hundred yards, but yeah. Can't figure out Atlanta this week. They play Carolina the next two out of three weeks, and so Jones is going up against Josh Norman, so Jones may be a no-go after this week, Yeah, I at mean, least for a couple weeks. So the the Tampa Bay game is a repeat game. Tampa Bay won 23-20 last time. I remember that game. Uh, Julio did okay, but he underperformed that game because the thought was, okay, Tampa Bay's run defense has been playing really well. Everyone knows their pass defense is horrible. Julio should have some really – Big passes, big runs, big touchdowns. And I think he only scored like 20 points or something that game. So it was a huge letdown. And I don't know what's wrong with Matt Ryan. I mean, he was projected to be this top 10 quarterback coming into the season. And I just don't think he's there. And I mean, I don't, I, I'll, I'll probably play a couple people in that game. Probably Doug Martin because uh, Atlanta's run defense sucks. And maybe Vincent Jackson because they'll probably focus on Evans. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm probably going to stay away from all the Falcons unless Freeman plays for some reason. So who would you build a team around this week? Let's say a stack. What stack would you use this week? Good question. So I haven't done that much. Uh, haven't done that much research yet. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean. I, I do like uh, – I don't know what the injury update on Revis is, but Manning-Beckham could be a potential good stack against the Jets. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I I like the angry Brady buy-in, even though it didn't work out when they went to Indianapolis. And like you said, they are decimated with injuries. So 
Uh, I mean, I can see them throwing a lot on Philly. Maybe, uh, maybe just playing Brady without any stack would be a good yeah. option. Build a team around Brady. Um, he is the most expensive quarterback on FanDuel. And on DraftKings, he is also the most expensive. So I don't know. You could. I don't know if it's worth it to pay up for Brady. Um, any stacks that you're thinking about? Uh, if Roethlisberger plays, Roethlisberger, Brown, Bryant, I might do all three. Yeah. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. They're at home. I think they're going to throw, the, throw it a lot. Uh, I could see... Uh, Cam Newton Olsen for sure against New Orleans. New Orleans is horrible yeah. against a tight end. Uh, I could also. What about, what about Andy Dalton? Dude, Andy Dalton, the guy is like hot and cold, and lately he's been hot ever since that Arizona yeah. game. Uh, They're who, at Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland's coming off a short week, so. Yeah, and their I mean, secondary Dalton sucks. Green. Green's kind of up and down, yeah. Yeah, their secondary sucks. I mean, it could be, it could be a good game for him. I mean, yeah. Aiken scored twenty DraftKings points on him for God's sake, and he's like the fourth best receiver on the Ravens. So, I mean, yeah, short week. They're kind of there's a lot coming off a horrible loss. I'm not sure if that's going to energize Cleveland or just beat them into the ground worse. Uh, so I think, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's some questions there for sure. Uh, maybe the Miami game. I could see Jarvis Landry and Tannehill yeah. kind of going off. Yeah. Because, I mean, Travis Benjamin had 22 drafting points or something against uh, Baltimore. So that could be a good play as well. Landry had a Landry had a great game, and I think everyone's down on Tannehill, so that could be a good yeah. GPP stack. Yeah, and then again, I mean, I'm I'm kind of looking at that San Francisco-Chicago game. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, I think he's doing okay health-wise. So I could see Cutler-Alshon for sure, and I think people will be off Chicago because of a recency bias. I mean, you haven't seen them yeah. play since last Thursday. Um, so I, I think I think that could be a good play as well. Yeah. That's yeah. Even though projections really don't mean much, Cutler's projecting well against yeah. San Francisco. So yeah, that, that could definitely be a good one. Yeah, he's been playing fairly well. I mean, I think he's a little underrated yeah. on the fantasy. Well, anytime you can go into Green Bay and get a win, you have to you have to be playing well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, what players would you stay away from this week? <sighs> I don't know, Hopkins. After he burned us all last week, <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, let's see. Let's go down the list and see. I mean, Des Bryant, obviously, without Romo, I think his value takes a huge hit. Yeah. Um, Patriots are tough. I mean, yeah, you're gonna beat Philly, but you don't know where the ball's gonna go. I think Brady might be the only play unless you play a running back. Um, you know what? I, I, I've, don't, I don't know. I, I've got a tournament play for you. Scott Chandler, and I'll tell you why. So Gronk is out, obviously. They were lining up Chandler as a wide receiver against Denver, and he's 6'9". So I think they're going to do the same thing. I think they're going to – I mean, obviously Philly's, uh, Philly's secondary sucks. Uh, they've been okay against the tight end. But I think if they line up Chandler and maybe use him like 
New Orleans use Jimmy Olsen, Jimmy Olsen, Jimmy Graham. Uh, I think uh, I, I think he could be a good play. Also, LaFell. I think LaFell is a good play in that game. Yeah, Chandler's minimum salary on DraftKings, so he's only twenty five hundred. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if, if Gronk's out, which I guess he will be, then um, let's see where he is on. Where is he on? Fanduel. 5,300 on Fanduel, so... Yeah, it's pretty low. Fanduel, yeah, it's not, I mean... I mean overall. Minimum's 4,500, so yeah. it's not bad. I mean, you off of Gronkowski, you have Olsen at 66, uh, Eifert at 64, Kels at 62, Barnage at 61, so you can drop to Chandler at 53 and probably get decent value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anyone else you'd stay away from? All Eagles. Yeah. I mean, I'm staying away from Eagles. <laughs> Every single one. I mean, yeah. I got, I mean, Murray was a decent play on, was supposed to be a decent play on Thanksgiving, and obviously that game did not go well. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people will be off Murray and the rest of the Eagles. Um, I don't know. I mean... Still need to do a little bit more research. I played Ware in a lot of lineups, um, yeah. and he did okay, but not sure what the situation is with West and um, how they're going to split carries. Same yeah. thing with uh, Coleman if uh, Freeman's going to be back. So a lot of unknowns. Yet another reason not to play the Thursday slate because there's way too many unknowns. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think, I mean, injuries have been the storyline of the season. There's just been so many, and it keeps swinging games back and forth. And, I mean, it's driving me insane. Uh, but I think it brings up a lot of questions that you mentioned about these timeshares, about who's going to get the majority of the, of, the, yeah. of the carries. And, I mean, I think mm-hmm. Chicago's a good example. Langford and Forte split fairly even, and both played fairly well. Langford outplayed him last time, but, I mean, it's kind of – you know, same with Denver. You've got Hillman and Anderson. Looks like they've kind of figured it out where both guys are going fairly well. Uh, but injuries kind of screw everything up. Yep. Yeah. So, um, undervalued player of the week. Do you got anyone? Undervalued player. I mean, I'm, I'm going to steal yours and say Chandler. I mean, he he has uh, obviously good potential to... Especially on DraftKings, twenty five hundred, he scores. Uh, I mean, makes five catches for fifty yards. It's ten points, so he can easily hit four times value very, very quickly. Um, there was someone on my list that I closed my browser tab. Let me see if I can get it back. Um, where was it? David Johnson, potentially a good play with Chris Johnson out. Um, he's only 3,400 on DraftKings. I think you said Ellington has some foot issues also, so they might be feeding him the ball. St. Louis can't score. It might be a blowout where they'll just run out the clock and, and run Johnson a lot. So maybe Johnson undervalued a little bit this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Johnson. Um, I also like Sean Dragon who is the running back for San Francisco. He's at 5,900 on FanDuel. 
which is the same as David Johnson on FanDuel. And I know, you know, we talk about Chicago really blowing out San Francisco, which is uh, a possibility, a uh, likelihood. Um, but uh, uh, Drawn has, has played – he's the workhorse in San Francisco. And I played him last week, and he played okay. I can't remember what he scored. Uh, but he, I remember looking and thinking, oh, yeah, he didn't do bad. He was fairly cheap. Uh, so I think he's a good undervalue. I like David Johnson a lot. I like um, Scott Chandler. I, I think those are good plays. Uh, you know, quarterback-wise, uh, I don't know. You could. There's a lot of cheap quarterbacks who have been playing very, very well. So I think uh, there's a lot of possibilities out there. Yeah. Uh, so anything else? No, I think that's it. I mean, we've, we had our little run at the end of October and it's kind of slowed down in November. So hopefully now that we're in December and we have, uh, how many more weeks? Five more weeks, 13 through 17. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll win some money in the regular season and move on to the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Here's hoping. All right. Well, good luck, Brandon, this week. Hope you win some money, man. Thanks, Steve. Uh, congrats! Also, you won the Sunday three man. Yeah, that's probably. I the... took home the Thanksgiving three man. Yeah, that's probably the only money I made Which means all Sunday. <laughs> when, and with us two winning, Mondo won zero three mans this week. I know Mondo's not on the podcast yeah. because he has a sick baby at home right now, and is dealing with that. Uh, so next week we'll get full updates from Mondo and see how he is. Uh, so that is best the... of luck with all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why he's losing. He has too many children. Let's just be honest here. Hey, too many responsibilities. <laughs> we just lose because we suck. <laughs> he just loses because he has. He can't focus. Yeah, it's children. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Although I do see him at the office doing a lot of daily research, so I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what's going on. <laughs> Maybe he's horrible too, and he just he, he uses his kids as a scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. And this was uh, the Huddle Hive Buzz. We will do a recap of next week and tell you how we did. Thanks. <laughs>